hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone Good morning. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. With Kern County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time she successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group, that's M-C-C-A-R-T-Y, or call 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. And she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And a good morning to you, Lori. Good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing really well. We're putting the finishing touches on our Halloween costumes, my son and I. Very cool. What are you going as? Napoleon Dynamite. And Pedro. All right. Very cool. Which one's which? Well, he's going to be Napoleon Dynamite, a small one. Uh-huh. And then I'll be Pedro. All right. Should be should be fun enough so so you might not see the beard anymore. All right. Let's do the mustache. Wow. Later, so. Okay, so clean shaven after Halloween, huh? Yeah, it might look weird with just a mustache. Is that a weird thing nowadays? No, no not at all. I'll try it. I'll let you be the judge next okay. week if I can. Sounds <laughs> if like I a plan. Not, so. How's your weekend going so far? Oh, you know, busy as usual. Uh, and with Halloween just a few days away, uh, my jam-packed days are now being fueled by candy, not just Diet Dr. Mm. Pepper. Um, you know, I think it gets so hard to avoid candy this time of the year. seems like everybody at the office has a candy bowl out. And, of course, we have a big bowl at home that's reserved for trick-or-treaters, but... Um, I might need to replenish it before <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Gotta um, test the product. Yeah, well, you know, it. everybody who knows me knows I have a great big, huge sweet tooth. <laughs> and I have very little willpower when it comes to mm. sweets. Um, so the plethora of candy this time of the year makes it really hard for me to resist. Uh, so what's your favorite Halloween candy? Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I love the Almond Joy. Oh, love that's a good one. the coconut and chocolate. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I love everything except the almond. Yeah, so the mounds. <laughs> There's a version without no, the no, almonds. No, 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 because that is dark chocolate. <gasps> You're right. Yes. No, I, I am the girl who would eat um, an Almond Joy and spit out the and, almond, the, but... <laughs> You know, my favorite is Reese's peanut butter cups. Um, you know, for me, you just can't go wrong with chocolate and peanut butter. Mm. Um, in my mind, they were pretty much like married together, right? Meant oh, yes, it works. Um, so I thought with Halloween being just around the corner, it was the perfect time to bring back a fan favorite guest, Missy Bennett. And so for those of you who don't know Missy, she is a local educator and a ghost hunter. How exciting is that? Um, 
Our show uh, that we did with her last year was so fascinating, and frankly, it was a little bit chilling, too. Um, And we just barely scratched the surface last year uh, of those paranormal events um, that Missy has experienced. So this year on today's show, uh, we're going to pick Missy's brain and find out how you can determine whether or not your home is haunted. Now, also, last week, we posted to our social media asking our listeners to submit their questions for Missy. So if you submitted a question, keep listening as it's going to be answered later in the show. And if you're not already following us on Facebook and Instagram, just search the Kern County Real Estate Review. And there, we post past show recordings. We let you know about upcoming shows that we're doing. And we give you the opportunity to join in on this conversation. Now, before we start chatting about ghosts, ghouls, haunts, and spirits, let's get our weekly real estate topic update. You know, we've talked about this before, how the real estate market is changing. Um, In fact, some might think this current market is, oh, dare I say it, downright spooky. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It certainly is a whole lot different than it was a few months ago, but from my perspective, it's really nothing to be scared about. Uh, And to help ease your mind, let's talk about a few things right now that might be creating some uncertainty for buyers and sellers. So Adelaide, what do you think the number one thing is that's scaring buyers away from purchasing a home right now? Mm, Well, in light of the show today, would it be tenant-occupied homes? Where those tenants are actually ghosts? Oh, could be. Good <laughs> guess. <laughs> um, well, I think we probably all know what it is, actually, and that's interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, folks, let me tell you why rates shouldn't scare you away. Look, I'm not just going to say that phrase that so many realtors are throwing around right now, which is, date the rate but marry the home. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, the sentiment behind that phrase is true, but it comes across as really uncaring. Um, when an agent uses that phrase, it really minimizes the seriousness of the current situation. I mean, let's get real. It absolutely is more expensive to purchase a home today than it was just a few months ago. Well, now I think we all understand that, Lori, in terms of the interest rate, but what about prices dropping? Well, you know, we haven't seen a huge dip in prices. It's weird because I really feel like on the internet you're seeing uh, a few of those price reductions, though. Well, yeah, we are. We're seeing some price reductions happening. But honestly, that's really because generally those homes were priced too high when they were originally listed. You know, it's actually really difficult to price a home just right out of the gate. I mean, there's so many factors to be considered. And a price reduction or a price improvement as many have taken to calling it, doesn't equal depreciation in home values. You know, anyways, if you were able to buy a home just a little bit cheaper than you were a few months ago, it's still going to be much more expensive with today's interest rate. I mean, people don't really realize how much of an impact your interest rate can have on your monthly payment, on how much you spend over the course of the loan, or on how much of a home and a loan you actually qualify for. But here's what I think you need to think about and why you shouldn't let interest rates scare you off. If you need to buy a home, let's say you've outgrown your current home, you're renting or you're still crashing at mom and dad's place. Let's not let rates be the thing that stops you from buying. 
Mm, but if interest rates are high and are limiting what you can purchase, I mean, what can you do? Well, fortunately, lenders are offering buyers programs to help ease the pain of these rates. Things like a 2-1 buy-down. Hmm, what exactly is that? Sounds complicated. Well, it's not. It's a 2-1 buy-down is a type of financing that actually lowers the interest rate on a mortgage for the first two years before it rises to that regular permanent fixed rate. So the rate is typically two percentage points lower during the first year and then one percentage point lower in the second year. That's where it gets the 2-1 buy-down from. Mm. Then it's fixed at its permanent rate year 3 through 30. Hmm. So, wait, basically that sounds like an adjustable rate mortgage? Well, I, I, I know why you think it does because it starts out lower and then adjusts to a higher rate. But it's not. Adjustable rate mortgages, or ARMS as we call them in the business, can be a great tool to reduce the borrower's rate and payment amount. But while those starting values on an ARM are less than market value, the payment on those can adjust every six months to a year after that initial period. But a 2-1 buy-down offers much more predictability. It's a fixed-rate loan. So for the life of the loan, years 3 through 30, you're going to be at a fixed interest rate. Years 1, you're going to be 2 percentage points lower than that. And year 2, you'll be 1 percentage point lower. So let me give you a different example. Let's say that current market rate is 7%. That means you qualify at 7%. That means that your first year's payment is at 5%. Then your second year's payment is at 6%. And years 3 through 30 are at the 7%. So the nice thing about the terms of a 2-1 buy-down is that you're starting out a full two percentage points before the final rate in year one. That means as the interest rates gradually rise to your permanent fixed rate, theoretically, so would your salary or your earning capacity. Now, I think it's important for all buyers to speak with their trusted loan professional to determine which of the many different loan products out there is going to be best for their unique financial circumstances. And of course, if you need a lender, Give us a call, and we'll connect you with one of our preferred lenders. All right. Well, that's great news, Lori. I can see how the 2-1 buy-down could benefit buyers and ease them into the interest rate increase we've seen in the market. And Now, what about sellers? Is there anything that might be spooking them and possibly stopping them from selling their home? Well, I think there are some sellers out there that are afraid of the current market. I mean, I think they're scared that their home won't sell for top dollar, and they're afraid it's going to sit on the market too long. Mm, do you think those concerns are legitimate? Well, I think it really depends. I mean, sellers shouldn't expect there will automatically be a bidding war over their home with multiple offers and that it's going to sell in just a couple of days. I mean, while that does still happen, the widespread nature of that type of market activity is predominantly in the past. You know, as we've discussed, that hyper-sellers market that we were experiencing over the past couple of years it was abnormal and it was unsustainable. Um, so while multiple offers and bidding wars do still happen, they just don't happen on every home that's marketed for sale. Now, I think if sellers team up with an experienced agent, they can 
absolutely rest assured that their home is going to sell and it's going to sell for top dollar. Remember, it's important you choose an agent that knows how to get your home sold in any market. So sellers, please don't let this market spook you, as Adelaide was saying. Mm -hmm. Values haven't tanked, and honestly, you can still get your home sold for top dollar. Remember, our inventory levels are still low, and there are still plenty of buyers out there. Hmm, okay, well, good. And Lori, I do think it's time to take a break. Are we ready for that? Okay, sounds like a good plan to me. Uh, I'm going to go grab another handful of Halloween candy. <laughs> hey, don't look at me like that. They're small, so a handful is acceptable. <laughs> Bring two handfuls back, please. Okay, will do. <laughs> and then when we return, let's introduce our guests. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back in a minute after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch. Request an in-person tour. Find out the value of your home and see the McCarty Group success stories. Ranked number 10 in North America for Coldwell Banker last year and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. Hi, Sebastian Gorka here with a hot real estate tip for you. Stay on top of the hottest trends every weekend when you tune in to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Laurie McCarty. Saturdays at 11 a.m. and Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on KNZR. 1560 a.m. and 97.7 FM. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And Lori, before we jump into our topic today, we had a listener ask a question. The person wrote in saying they wanted to sell, but they felt their home needed some improvements prior to listing. They said these outstanding repairs were holding them back. Do you have any advice for them? You know, Adelaide, we're seeing this more frequently as our market continues to shift. Um, gone are the days that anything would sell. Um, sellers are starting to recognize that it's really important to have your home as turnkey ready as possible so that you can attract the greatest number of buyers. So if this is a concern of yours, my advice to you is give our office a call. I have an exclusive program that's designed to help you. Ooh, that sounds intriguing. Tell us more. Of course. So in-house, we call it the MLOC or the McCarty line of convenience. But a better way to describe it would be our improve to move program. 
It's a program that's exclusive to the McCarty Group, and Improve to Move allows sellers to access their money prior to the close of escrow, so necessary repairs to their home can be completed before listing it on the market. As a result, this helps our seller get as high of a sales price as possible for their home. Hmm, that sounds great, but what does it cost? I mean, do you charge interest or fees for advancing this money? Oh, no. No, we don't. Um, you know, we have been so blessed by this community. Um, and this is a way that we can demonstrate one of our core principles, which is putting our clients' interests ahead of our own. You know, with our Improved to Move program, we're going to advance the funds to the seller to complete those repairs that we agree upon so that their home can be in the best possible marketing condition. And then we're simply paid back when the property closes escrow. With Improved to Move, there's no interest, there's no fees being charged for this service, and there's no catch to the program. Wow, Lori, that almost sounds too good to be true. So who finds the contractors and arranges the work to be done? Well, I think that's the best part of all. I'm going to personally evaluate the property and make recommendations as to what repairs and improvements need to be made so that your home can sell for top dollar. Obviously, we don't want you spending money. You don't need to. And then here's the part I think is really great. Our team will manage the process for you. They monitor the timelines, and they're going to keep you informed every step of the way. We like to think that we can take away the stress and any headache that might be involved for you because at the McCarty Group, we're all about creating a seamless transaction. Improve to move. Sounds like a great option for sellers. Well, we think so, and for us, it's just one more tool in our toolbox designed to help clients have the best possible experience. Wow. All right. So are you ready to introduce your guest? Absolutely. I think we've kept Missy waiting long enough. So without further ado, I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today, Missy Bennett, who's a local ghost hunter and an expert on the paranormal. Well, she might look at me funny when I say that, but... She's certainly the closest thing to an expert I know of. So good morning, Missy. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me again. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was such a delight the last time, and we had so many people enjoy the show. Um, for those of our listeners that missed you last year, help them get to know you and tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am sort of from Bakersfield, born and raised here, uh, moved away for several years, but came back, married, raised my own children here. Uh, I am an administrator in the Kern High School District and um, have been a huge fan of the paranormal my entire life, but have been ghost hunting, if you want to call it that, uh, for probably about the last 10 to 15 years. Wow, that's great. Now, you may have touched on this during the show last year, but refresh my memory. What sparked your interest in the paranormal? I think like most people, it's that personal experience. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was a very little girl. I think I might have been around eight years old when I had my own experience with a nightly visitor oh, while wow. I was sleeping. Tell us about that. So I shared a room with my sister and we each had a twin bed. And I remember being awakened in the middle of the night. I don't know why I woke up, but I remember... Um, looking around and looking at the foot of my bed and at the foot of my bed was the perfect silhouette of a little boy 
and um, it he was all white. I couldn't see features, but I could definitely tell it was a boy. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> the fear was overwhelming. I well, shut I my imagine. eyes tight, thinking I was seeing something. It was my imagination. Open my eyes, and he's still there. So then I'm I'm terrified, but I'm also curious, and so mm-hmm. I'm trying to like peek through my eyelashes, you know, right. but look like I'm asleep, and um, but can't seem to move at the same time. So I remember opening again, and he had moved to the side of my bed. Okay. And my number one fear at the moment was that my arms were outside of the covers, and I oh, <laughs> but I was uh-huh. too afraid to move them to draw attention to myself. And just kept willing myself to roll over, roll over and face the wall, just roll over and face the wall. And um, finally just did that. He stayed there. It feels like forever. It might have been, you know, a minute. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And finally, just with all my might, counted to three and rolled over and faced the wall and laid there until I fell asleep. Okay. And I remember telling my mom the next day, and she was like, oh, honey, you were just dreaming. Of course. I'm like, of course, right? <laughs> but it was just so real to me, to me. And I didn't ever have another experience in that house, so I guess it could have possibly been a dream, but my goodness, I it don't sure think so. It felt real, Yes, it did. It? And so ever since that time, I have just absolutely been fascinated with hauntings and paranormal and anything of that nature that's wonderful um now i know that um you founded frontier ghost hunters uh, and it started as a school club um tell our listeners a little bit about the roots of that club um it was really sort of a roundabout thing just because i was an english teacher and it's halloween and it's a great little writing prompt for kids what's Mm -hmm. the scariest thing that ever happened to you you know do you believe in ghosts like that kind of thing and I remember talking to my students about it. And each year, you know, just throughout the years, just the interest and in kids were just as fascinated as I was. And um, while I was working at a different school, I had unofficially planned, okay, all right, let's do this. So I'm going to be here. If you guys show up, then uh-huh. maybe we can investigate. And that happened to be at Bakersfield High School. We couldn't go inside, of course, anywhere. So we just kind of peeked through windows around the campus, but the custodians caught on uh-huh. that we were doing that and started like slinging chairs down the, the hallways. Kids oh. would scream and run. And oh, anyway, my. so I just, I knew that there was some interest. So when I was at Frontier, I thought, you know, I bet we could do a club. Mm-hmm. So I tried and I probably had a hundred students show up to wow. my classroom the first time I had a meeting. And I was like, well, I, you know, I'd like to take maybe 10 at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this is going to work. So it's going to be a lottery. But how it ended neat. up being a, a really great time and uh, definitely fed some passions with these kids. And some of them still do some ghost hunting to this day. Or when I see them, are you still doing it? Are you st- I would love to go again. So, Oh, how wonderful. That's such a great enrichment experience. It really was. Uh, that's Not everybody cool. loved it, but most did. Oh, I can imagine. Um, I think for all of us, the unknown is... Uh, is a source of curiosity and uh, something that that most of us while we might be concerned about what we might find we're also curious enough to see where it leads us to so speaking of that can you share with all of us what are some telltale signs that a house might be haunted you might not see those signs or notice them until there's a pattern 
you okay. know, and it could be any number of things. And sometimes those things aren't paranormal, but maybe it's, I set this down. I know I set this down right here. And then you find it in another location hours later, or um, it's the, the bump in the night that you uh-huh. can't explain. It, it uh-huh. just could be a number of things. But usually um, most people, believers or not, are going to try to figure out where the sound is coming from or look to see, or maybe I just forgot my keys were set there. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't know if there's any particular signs other than you just start to notice a pattern after a while that you can't explain okay that makes sense to me um are there anything is there anything that maybe we're lying awake at night thinking that sound that that has got to be a haunting and yet it's something that could easily be explained by something going on in our home Sometimes it, it really is just the house settling. Okay. Sometimes you've just turned your TV off and it's still cooling down, but it still has that pop, you know, oh. 30 minutes later. My TV does that all the time and it drives me crazy. Um, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah. you're right. So when my TV cools down, it does this uh-huh. little pop. You can hear it in the plastic of the back of the television. Um but I think it just depends on your fear level. If you're home alone, if you're home with somebody, it's different. It always seems more intense <laughs> when you're by yourself, yeah, absolutely. right? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So if someone out there thinks that their home is haunted, uh, what do they do next? Call me. Okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah, absolutely. And how do they reach you, Missy? Uh, you can find me at uh, Frontier Ghost Hunters on Facebook. Okay. And I will get back to you immediately. All right. Um, but if if that's – and there are there are different – perceptions on how to address a haunting okay some people believe strongly in ignoring it oh if i acknowledge it then i'm accepting it and it gets to be more more intense powerful more intense Mm -hmm. haunting um so if i just ignore it and go la 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 it's gonna go away yeah that's a very popular belief okay or it's not going to get worse Okay. Um, but and I and I don't know which is the right. And some people will believe that if you acknowledge it, then you can address it. Okay. So um, I don't know where I lie in that. I I think it depends on what's happening. Mm-hmm. So if they're minor little attention getter prank type things, then I think that you could probably address it. If it feels a little bit more intense or a little bit more negative, then I might might go a different route. Well, and I I was sitting here as you were talking about that thinking oh, I think I'm very much the head-on kind of girl. And then as I thought about it a little bit more, I went, well, maybe not so much if it seems a little more malicious Absolutely. or yeah. negative, as you as you I said. might not acknowledge that. And I will tell you that even if um, when I'm interviewing someone to do an investigation, especially of their home, um, those are the things that I want to know. Because if it is something that seems malicious, mm-hmm. um, I may not investigate um, and, and ask them to seek other avenues. Okay, fair enough. Um, So let's say that someone's house is actually haunted, um, and they they want to get rid of this uh, ghost from their home. Um, Is there a way that they can do that? I think that would depend, I guess, on your belief system. Okay. So I think that you can have your home blessed. I think that you can have your um, you can have someone come into your home and and banish spirit from your mm-hmm. home. People talk about cleansing with sage. That sometimes Absolutely. works. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of different avenues. I would the most important thing that I will always say in any case like this is just do your research and make sure that your research seems reliable. Of course. So and again, obviously, it depends on your faith based or otherwise. So okay. Perfect. 
Now, I mentioned earlier in the show that I had posted to our Facebook and our Instagram asking listeners uh, to send in their questions for you. Yes, that's Um, exciting. Yeah, I thought so too. So here's one question we received from our listener, Liz. So Liz wrote, I seem to have, quote unquote, ghost encounters no matter where I move. Is it possible that a ghost could follow someone from location to location? It is very possible. Really? Yes. So not only can a ghost or spirit be attached to an object or an item, they can very much be attached to a person. Oh, wow. Yes. And I say that from experience. It wasn't me, but it was my family member. And no matter where we lived, he always had experiences or we always had experiences in our home. Once he wasn't in the home anymore, the experiences stopped. Wow. Yeah. So I 100% believe that spirit can attach to a person. That's fascinating. It, it makes you start to think why, right? Yeah, and I don't know if it's just story. It's similar situation. It was the circumstance and you know, and where you were when mm-hmm. the attachment happened. Mm-hmm. So, wow, that's that's fascinating. Now I have another listener question for you. This one came from Lauren. She wrote, "I love purchasing antiques for my home. Is there any chance that these old items I'm bringing into my home?" could bring in a spirit with them yes oh wow so not always but it depends on the connection that the owner had with the item um and you can bring that into your home and that's actually a question that i ask all the time okay even of myself um is i live in a brand new home that nobody else has ever lived in Mm -hmm. but suddenly i have spirit activity or paranormal activity that i can't explain so my question to them is what did you recently purchase okay where have you been recently things like that because sometimes um Ghost can be attached to the item that you've recently purchased. And antiques are very popular. Or as you said, to the person. To yourself. Wow. (laughs) Gosh, that would be kind of tough, wouldn't it, if you're trying to get rid of the the ghost or the spirits from your house and they were actually attached to you, right? (laughs) That would be be a little bit complicated. Um, So piggybacking off of that last question, um, on the other side of the coin, is it possible for new construction to be haunted? I mean, I'm thinking since it's new, it, it would have to be ghost-free, right? I mean, you would go into a home thinking that, yes. Right? Um, and then if the homeowner starts to experience some paranormal activity that they really just can't legitimately explain away, then it could be a number of things. Again, it could be something they've brought into their home. Okay. It could be the ground where oh. the home was built. Didn't, oh, so. yeah, now I'm thinking about that spooky movie, okay, <laughs> built on the so, Indian burial right, ground. Exactly. Right, exactly, yeah. and there are, there are a lot of experiences like that. So, um, you know, in Kern County area, San Joaquin Valley, we are known for having some Indian tribes and things like that. But um, so, yeah, it just depends on what happened on that property prior to the development going in. Okay, cool. I don't know about all of you out there, but for me so far, this has been a really fun and interesting and spooky show. Um, I think it's a good place for us to take a short break, if you're okay with that, Missy. Perfect. All right. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be right back.
You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at The Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. And this morning, we're talking with Missy Bennett, a local ghost hunter. And Missy... Have you ever gotten scared during one of your ghost hunts, or do you not find this stuff scary at all? Oh, no, it's totally scary. (laughs) Yeah, I get scared all the time. I have to just kind of change my mindset, and it's it's a hard shift to make sometimes in the moment when you're frightened to go, okay, now I've got to go in that room that I just heard the noise and find out what else could be making it. So that's the challenge. Yeah, that, that takes an awful lot of bravery. Uh, I got to tell you, I am way too much of a chicken to ever go on a ghost hunt. I mean, for me, I'll sell that haunted house, right? <laughs> but I don't want to be the one trying to get the ghost to interact with us, right? Oh, my goodness. Now, Lori, quick question. If a seller says their house is haunted, is that something that would need to be disclosed to a new buyer? Well, you know, I always tell my sellers that they should disclose Anything and everything that they would want to know if they were purchasing this home. Um, If they truly believe that their home is haunted, then yes, I think it should be disclosed. Um, Although, from my standpoint, I think I might call Missy first so that maybe (laughs) she could debunk those thoughts, right? Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should add Ghost Hunter to our list of experts that we bring in for inspections. (laughs) What do you think? Good idea. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Okay. I'm kidding, buyers. Mm. I'm kidding. Um, please don't get any ideas. Um, so, so Missy, tell us, um, have you ever walked into a building, um, whether it be, I don't know, a home, a business, um, whatever, and, and immediately felt like there was a paranormal activity there? Um, yes, I have, but I don't know that I have... I don't know if I rely on my spidey sense. You know, oh, I think well, we referred to it before yeah, as that. Yeah. I don't know if I rely on it because it seems like the places where I'm most comfortable mm-hmm. when I walk in to do an investigation or into any building for that matter are places where I will find evidence. It's the oh. places where I walk in and the hair on the back of my neck stands up and I'm like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't want to go upstairs or I don't want to do that, that I won't catch any evidence. So I don't know how reliable my oh, spidey sense wow. is or maybe, I'm not, maybe that's how I relate. Maybe that is. Maybe that is your internal um, I don't meter. I don't meter, know. Yes, telling you. Mm, yeah. No. 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 Yeah. Right. That's so, or maybe it depends on the um, the type of energy that's in the room. So, oh. if it's something negative, maybe that's when it doesn't want to show itself, and I can't find the evidence. And maybe when it's something a little bit more amiable. Right. <laughs> I'm comfortable, and I feel okay in this room, and so you should feel okay in this room too. So. Oh, that's very good. So, let's flip the tables. Uh, what about when you go home hunting? I mean. Is whether or not a house was haunted something that you would think about if you were trying to decide whether or not to buy a home? I actually think about that a lot. And I do feel like I'm, I'm very blessed that I got to build my own home and live in it. 
Um, that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily paranormal free, uh-huh. but I think about that as we look at retirement and moving out of state. Right. And I will probably be moving into an existing home. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, if it's haunted, would I still want to buy it? I think it depends on those stories and if it's disclosed, obviously if it's disclosed. so Well, that and then I would also think it would depend a little bit on, on your own personal feelings and connections yeah. with that house. And I think right? that's with any home buyer, whether it's haunted or not, you walk in, you feel it, right? You feel right. like, oh, this is my house. If I Absolutely. walked into a home and felt like I have to have this house and something's thrown down the stairs, I might still have to have that Right, house. right. <laughs> Yeah, I got to deal with you up there, <laughs> yeah, we'll but this is still later. my house, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and you're so you're you're so true when you say that because having worked with so many clients over the years, people just seem to know it when they walk in the home that is designed to be theirs, mm-hmm. right? It just uh, it's as if that home speaks to them, yes. and they say, "Yep, this is it. This is the one." Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, how am I going to know? Trust me, you'll know. Um, Now, last year, you told our listeners about an encounter that you and your students had at uh, Bakersfield High School. Yes. Right? Uh, For those of our listeners that missed the show, do you mind telling us that again? It's still one of my favorite experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had my group of frontier ghost hunters, and we were allowed to go inside of BHS this time. And we had gone into the tunnels and done all of that. And um, we finally made our way into Warren Hall and... Um, I think I had a group about about 10 kids and another chaperone with me, and we had just kind of split up, and some were upstairs and some were downstairs. And it was one of those perfect settings where it was an October night. It was storming and breezy, blustery outside. I mean, it was literally perfect for ghost hunting. Yes, 100% <laughs> perfect. And so we had done quite a bit of experiencing, you know, of investigating, and we were just about to all group up out in the um, – quad area Mm -hmm. and you know teenagers like teenagers do will test all the doors of the classrooms can we get into the classrooms Mm -hmm. and all of them were locked except for one Uh uh-huh and so as we're walking out most of most everyone was already exited it was me and about five other kids kind of straggling and they're like bennett it's open and i'm like okay all right so we walked back Mm -hmm. and um we walked into this classroom, and I remember the first thing I noticed when we walked in was just how incredibly hot it was in the classroom. It was so unusual. And um, and isn't that unique? Because don't we usually think of it as being cold? The opposite, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I remember it being so hot, and I had my big coat on because it was cold outside. So I immediately took my coat off, threw it over a desk. The classroom itself was pitch black like I was surprised because it was right there the classroom um, was right on California Avenue so oh you'd think so the you windows so the, the light would come and in. so then it was we were trying to figure out why it was so dark so you're just barely able to make out shapes and I could see that there was something like hanging on the ceiling on the far wall mm-hmm. and um, so we just sort of start walking towards the back of the room in between the desks which were in rows and it was me and like I said I think I had about five other students with me and so we kind of, I have my EMF detector going, we had digital voice recorder going, and we're walking down the aisles towards the back of the room, and all of a sudden, I stopped, because my, the front of my body was freezing. It was like I had just hit, like, the air conditioner blasting on me. It was so oh, cold. Wow. But I didn't say that out loud, because one of the things I tried to teach my students was, be a skeptic, mm-hmm. and don't give anybody any preconceived 
ideas. Right. So I stopped. I turned to the student that was leading the, the line on the other side, and she stopped. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm freezing. Oh. And I go, oh, okay, you feel that too. Good, mm-hmm. me too. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's find out where the cold air is coming from. Because like I said, it was so hot when we walked in. So we get to the back of the win- the room, and that's when we noticed that the windows were all blacked out, like with paper or something was were okay. covering all the windows. So we start feeling around the vents, the windows for cold air, nothing that we could identify. No draft, mm-hmm. no breeze coming anywhere. So I'm looking at my um, EMF detector to see if lights are going on, and they're kind of sparking a little bit, spiking a little bit. So I turn at the end of the aisle to walk back up towards the front of the classroom and I noticed that those items hanging on the ceiling were these giant three-dimensional like snowflakes that students Mm -hmm. had cut out and they were hanging they were probably 12 to 16 inches hanging oh okay so we're doing um, EVP session which is electronic voice phenomenon and you carry a digital voice recorder and if I ask questions I may not hear the answer in the moment but if Mm -hmm. I go back and listen to the recording it actually does get picked up on the recording so we're asking all kinds of questions and I I think I said you know I'm a teacher these are my students you know if you were a student here can you let us know that you were here and just things like that and one of the finally the students speak up because it's like they're so nervous about talking to air right it feels like (laughs) and so the students start asking a question and one of them says if you're here can you make those snowflakes start to spin Mm -hmm. and I'm still watching my EMF detector to see if we're getting any readings from that and all of a sudden the kids are like Bennett look 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 and so I look up from my distraction and and one of the snowflakes is slowly spinning oh wow and so like oh that's interesting Mm -hmm. and so the student says can you make it stop and it stopped on a dime whoa and so then that's when like your little spidey Uh you know goosebumps just hearing the story yeah it causes the hair on the back of my neck to stand up (laughs) they said can you do that again can you make one of the snowflakes spin and so a different snowflake completely starts oh, spinning, wow. which rules out the entire uh, you know, idea that maybe the air was hitting one particular right. snowflake. And so it stops. And so then they asked, can you make all of the snowflakes spin? <gasps> and oh, my. It, <laughs> and if I didn't see it, I wouldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. But every single one of those snowflakes hanging from the ceiling all started to slowly spin in the same direction. Oh, my goodness. And uh, they said, can you make it stop? As we're just giddy. We're just like trying right. not to shriek with excitement. Right. You know, And it's funny that no one was afraid. Mm-hmm. No one was mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. And all of those snowflakes stopped on a dime wow. at the same time. And it was just, I can't even explain it. I really can't explain it. It was definitely something paranormal some someone something was interacting with us Mm -hmm. and it was absolutely incredible wow yeah what an experience that you and those students had it was phenomenal wow and the fact that none of you were scared that's what's also amazing to me um so that would lead me to believe that that must have been a benevolent type spirit um definitely any further contact after that with that you know in that particular situation i mean did you guys go back to that room at Bakersfield High to ever try to reach out to that 
spirit again? You know what? We didn't. Um, and I think it was just because normally the doors should have been locked. I mean, wouldn't have been ac- allowed access. I think when we went back the next time, we focused on like Harvey Auditorium because there's so many stories about Harvey Auditorium. But um, we did not get back into that classroom. Okay, great. Um, now, I have another listener question, and it, it ties into your story that you were just telling us. It come, This question comes from Michael. Um, apparently, he's new to the Bakersfield area, and he asked, can you tell us where is the most haunted spot in Kirk County, or do you know? There are a lot of hauntings in the mm-hmm. area. Um the Padre, of course, is a very, it's probably the most popular story of haunting. Bakersfield High School is right up there with the Padre. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some homes in the area that people always identify, but I've not been able to verify that they are haunted or not. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, the, Bakers- the old Bakersfield Californian building, I oh, can I've speak heard. from experience, mm-hmm. is haunted. Okay. Um, so, I mean, there are several spots but and some I've been to and not found anything, and some I have not been to and can't speak okay. to the validity of that. And so, when you are investigating uh, a haunting, um, tell us about the tools that you use. Uh, you talked about the EVP, and then what else do you use? So the EVP is probably my favorite tool um, because I do think that it is one of the most reliable and easiest to use. Okay. Um, so if you are a beginner ghost hunter, you know, you have a voice recorder on your phone. You okay. know, and you could use that. Oh, I didn't even think of it. So it's not anything more No, it's just a digital voice recorder. Oh, yeah. I thought maybe it would have certain pitches it could hear or not because I was thinking that maybe uh, I, that, that maybe – we can't actually hear what's being said uh, mm-hmm. that maybe it's at a different pitch or a different frequency level, or something like frequency. that see yeah. so that's interesting to know that just your regular voice recorder on your phone i have caught evp use. on both my cell phone and on an actual you know small handheld recorder okay. all right uh, an emf detector detects electronic electromagnetic fields in the home and if you can't um associate that with an actual electronic device in your home mm-hmm. or a panel or something like that, then you might try to use your um, EMF detector as a communication tool. Oh. Walk up to the device if you want to answer yes. Don't make the lights go off if you want to answer no. So it's a good little tool for that. And there are a variety of um, styles, I guess, of that or mm-hmm. models of that. So a K2 meter is similar to um, an EMF detector. Okay. There are SLS cameras where it gives you sort of a stick figure look if a spirit, yeah. Oh my, I'm, <laughs> I'm spirit, looking at her like very confused, <laughs> like you got to be kidding me. If spirit is in the room and you can't visibly see it with your eye, but through your camera, it will identify it as um, a little stick figure and you can see it move around. Oh, how fascinating. Through the camera, but not with the naked eye. Okay. Um, I will sometimes um, use a... Um, Geophone, and what that is is it does a little bit of everything. So it is vibration. So if I put it on the ground, I can detect like foot foot oh. stomps or footprints, mm-hmm. footsteps, mm-hmm. Um, and it will also serve as an EMF detector. So if something is nearby, the lights will go off. Okay. Uh, um, totally drawing a blank on it. It's a device where it just basically runs off of AM or FM static. Oh, radio frequency uh-huh. and spirit box. That's it. I knew it would come to me. Spirit <laughs> box. And you can do um, a, a question session. If you're here, let us know. And they can 
pull energy from those from those the white noise basically oh my gosh. and you can sometimes hear answers come through and sometimes they're very clear responses and sometimes it just feels like mumbo jumbo okay do you have a spirit box adelaide i you know what uh, <laughs> i would be interested in getting one <laughs> no hearing, kidding hearing this this stuff too because but uh um just you know all these different places because when you talk about haunted places just even in the off office random someone's all oh i've got a story mm-hmm. and then uh someone mentioned uh stockdale liquor oh i don't, I don't know if you've heard of that one but that's that's that stockdale and old stein there's a story oh, right there okay um and it but it but this is the question i have too though um, these these ghosts and these hauntings. I mean, how do they come into being? I feel like I know the answer. Something misfortune, some misfortune, probably a death. But I mean, wh- why do some take on a, a ghost form or a haunting form and just not move on? I, it could be exactly what you said. It could have been traumatic. Um, it could be unfinished business. It could be a connection to who's still living and that fear of leaving them behind. Mm. Um, sometimes they don't know they've passed. And so you get sort of that residual haunt um, rather than um, an intelligent haunt where they're here. They, they know they've passed, but they've got stuff to do. Um, sometimes energy itself and not necessarily a particular person or being energy itself can be trapped. So okay. if you've been if you're in an area where something significantly traumatic is happening and there was a lot of energy in that moment and heat and whatever, mm-hmm. then sometimes the energy can come through as something paranormal, but you can't pin it to a person necessarily. Okay. So that's where it, that's where it's kind of like the chills. Yeah. When you talk about that, it's like the hair on your arm. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. You're like, okay, okay. So it's not necessarily from, or not always from a being. Correct. It could just be something that happened. Okay. And then, and then kind of the second part to, to, to my question, how, how does the ghost like, or, or this, this haunting, know to move on or can you can you push it along you can or help it help it because i kind of feel like too uh, when this pops up there's a reason that it's happening it's sometimes it's just a matter of they need to hear it like you're not welcome here you need to move on um sometimes they you might have um someone from your church Mm -hmm. come in and help to move them along and pass them pass them over cross them over um it just again, it sort of is based on your faith, okay. And how okay. that how that helps you to feel that they've moved on or to help them to move along. Okay, what about this then? If you just said, okay, they're not moving on, let's just set some boundaries. You can do that. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've, like, I've, hey, I've, I've seen people do that. <laughs> oh, and okay. um, where they're just like, okay, not here, like no, not now, or um, where it's literally just they're they're have there's sort of a connection then between the homeowner and the spirit Mm -hmm. because they've been interacting for so many years that this is going to, I'm going to sound like a crazy person when I say this, but you do sort of develop a relationship, I think. And it can sort of be like that. Stop it, you know, and things will stop. Or it's the, no, 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 not in this room. You know, your room is down the hall, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is my private space. That's always so easy, but sometimes it's as easy as that. You know, it's so funny that you talk about, telling spirits to leave because i i have to say that that it makes perfect sense like this is my home now you need to move on yeah but it just didn't even occur to me that you should do that that you should tell them bye 
go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think Leave. people think that. They're like, oh my God, I'm going into a haunted house. They're right. claiming this is their house. And I'm like, well, no, it's yours now. You right. Know? Right. People don't. I, I think we don't. We, we're so used to what Hollywood shows us in the movies that, oh, you know, it's all haunted. Yeah. Never occurred to me to say, no, wrong. My house. You need I, to I go. probably think that the most difficult ones would to, to cross over would be those who don't. Um, who it's it's that residual haunt. They are the spirit is reliving a memory, so they don't see you. They don't interact with you. You right. just capture someone walking by your door, right. or you see someone working in the kitchen, or they have no idea that you're even there. Mm-hmm. I think those might be a little bit more difficult because then you have to find a way to to actually connect. connect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes perfect sense. Hmm. Um, Real quick, back to the the relationship thing with with the ghost or the the being. It's I'm, I'm thinking too. Like, hey, you know what? Halloween's coming up. The kids are going to be knocking, trick or treating at the door. Can we kind of scare them a little bit? I mean, would that be something you want to tell tell the ghost? Like, hey, I let's have some that fun. Let's have some fun. Yeah, right, right. I, I'm concerned that you might then take a <laughs> I don't think uh, it's that kind of relationship. <laughs> a benevolent being and turn it into a little bit more of a malevolent being. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm just thinking, you know, hey, let's just have some fun with it. Move some candy around. Maybe get that, get that, you know, those decorations sway, swinging and swaying while they're coming up or something. I'm thinking I'm going to ask Missy to send all of her paranormal friends to oh your house right <laughs> i knew it was coming i was like oh no don't say that don't say that but but i feel like uh, just back to the relationship thing though if if you do see yourself with living with a being or something i feel like it's would it be best to try to be friends or take that approach of like you need to leave now i think that just depends on the homeowner if they feel like um you know it's nothing serious it's little things like moving my keys or a cabinet door you know, closing and nothing that that's frightening or terrifying, then they might choose to, you know, I'm okay. It's all right. It sounds like a 70s sitcom. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? yes. Oh, you ghost. <laughs> that silly ghost. Yeah. Cause I'm, but now I'm thinking too, say, say when it's, when it's our time and I'm thinking if I'm a ghost and I, and I hadn't moved on yet, I probably would like to have some fun. I'm just saying. I'm just okay. throwing that out there. Okay. So. All right. We'll keep an eye out. Okay. But you great know. information, though. I love this stuff. It's awesome. Really, really great stuff. Uh, and as I look at the clock, I see it's almost time to end the show. But before we leave, Missy, I have a one last question. Since we spoke last year, have you had any new encounters uh, that you can share with our listeners? Um, Yeah, I have, actually, and it's been in my own home. Oh, wow. um, Which has really kind of thrown me, to be honest. I can imagine. And um, this was back in January, and it seems to be a little bit periodical. Like, I don't, it's not consistent, but Mm -hmm. um, it does always seem to be when I'm home alone. Okay. And I, my husband was gone for work, and I was awakened at like about 6.30 in the morning Mm -hmm. with a woman's voice in the hallway saying, hey, are you there? And I mean, it was so clear and so loud that it woke me from a dead sleep. Wow. And so I had to get up and see who was in the house. It was one of the things, it's like you want to hit your husband and he's like not in bed next to you. And it was just so bizarre. And so... 
I thought that was strange. And then, um, of course, I'm, I know I'm going to come home to the house empty tonight and mm-hmm. the next day. So anyways, I get home from work and um, I walk in and I my dog had made a mess. So I was cleaning up after her and I, what, I heard this great big thump against a wall. And I know my house's noises. I mean, I've lived there for 25 years. And I said, nope. And I kept doing what I was doing. And then the big thump again. I said, no, not my house, not your house, my house. Oh. (laughs) So I just went about my business, cooked dinner, sat down, turned on TV, and I hear this. (sighs) Oh. Wow. (laughs) I just. I didn't honestly didn't know what to do. Like I, can't honestly, even I was imagine. just I don't and it was at that, that moment mm-hmm. when I said I didn't know to acknowledge it or ignore it. Do I want to go down this route right now by myself? You know, um, do I get out my equipment or I'm just going to turn the TV up a little bit louder? So uh-huh. that actually sounds like a strange. teenager ghost. Is that a teenager? <laughs> sigh. Yeah. yeah. I roll. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very clear exhale, and I was just are you exasperated with me because I told you to stop thumping like I don't know but it was it was unusual has anything occurred since then just little things here and there when my husband and I are in the room and we think the dog has made uh, done something in the other room but she's laying at our feet Ah. so nothing Mm -hmm. that makes you nothing that scared me okay maybe because he's with me but um but nothing as dramatic as the the sigh or right the voice in the hallway. So. so fascinating. How many people do you run into in the course of a year that have um, experienced something like this? Oh my gosh. I think that there are a lot more people out there that have had some sort of unexplainable experience mm-hmm. than it, than care to admit. I, think I mean, so I too. think I probably run into at least 50% of the people I encounter have oh. a story. Wow. Um, and those are just the ones that are willing to admit it. Right. <laughs> So if that's the case, I think you can easily assume that there's another 25% more. Sure, yeah. Right? Wow. Thank you so much for carving time out of your day-to-day to to be with us. Um, I'm sure that uh, Halloween is your busy season as far as ghosts go, right? Yes. Um, Now, if you'd like to get in touch with Missy, you can reach her on Facebook at Frontier Ghost Hunters, and you can send her a DM. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we go? Don't be afraid. Do your research. um, And then call me if you have questions. Fantastic. So a heartfelt thanks to each and every one of you out there for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Today we've connected you with Missy Bennett. Think your home is haunted? Eh, It's probably just a noisy AC. But if it is something more, you can get in touch with Missy and she'll help you find out the cause. Uh, can't live with that ghost anymore? No problem. Give my office a call and we'd be happy to sell your haunted home. We hope this show has brought you some joy, some entertainment, and gotten you in the mood for Halloween, right? So thanks so much for tuning in. I know Adelaide and I look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. Now, as a quick reminder, you can revisit the details of today's topic or encourage someone who would benefit from this information by tuning in to an encore presentation of the show on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR, just before Sean Hannity. Or you can listen to all of our previous shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Kern County Real Estate Review. And if neither of those works, you can certainly go 
to our website at themccartygroup.com and listen to your heart's content. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.